Sentire Media. Congratulations! You did it! You downloaded our little podcast from Italy, and I couldn't be more grateful. Thank you so much. My name is Jason. Who are you on my left? I'm Ashley. You I wanted to start. I, want, I wanted to start the podcast differently. I always start it the same way. I know. Thank you for downloading. Oh, I know. I've got tears. I was cracking up because I was not expecting congratulations. Thank you so much for be, for downloading our podcast. Because of you guys, we really want to fire up these microphones um, and do it as, as often as we can. Which in this time of year is about once a week. And in the summertime is once every three months. Hardly ever. <laughs> Let me set it up before we get going. My name is Jason. I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Ashley, on my left. We are sitting in our kitchen on a rainy uh, Friday morning, the 24th of January. Uh, it is 9.15 in the morning. Traffic is... No, I'm just kidding. Clear. <laughs> <laughs> it Sorry, is... I'm going to choke. Talk. It's a... Uh... It's this finally. It's got a little Seattle weather edge to it. I'd say it's a kind of overcast, crappy, rainy day, cold, seasonably warm. Still, I'll say. And they're calling for snow. They called for snow today. Jason moved a bunch of wood, but odds are, if you move the wood, it will not snow. That's why I moved it. So no snow now today. Maybe in the middle of the night. And now they're calling for snow. Copious amounts. Big headlines in four days, but I don't think that'll happen either. I don't think uh, that's four days is a little it's bit. It's a long, long ways way away. away. Um, this is the podcast from Italy. I don't know if I gave out the name. I know you make fun of me for reset for setting it up. <laughs> podcast from Italy, and we got a lot of talk walk to talk about today. I'm we got excited. a lot to talk. We got a lot to walk. We this, do. This is <laughs> this is the second take of this podcast. The first one, Ashley talked into the side of the microphone, and Jason had a little spaz out. <laughs> So we, so we are uh, regrouped and a microphone in the f- right position. <laughs> my, talking into the microphones, not in, not into the side of them. So we're ready to go. Let's start it off. Let, let's do it. So we have been busy. It, um, we've been doing these online cooking classes and it's been awesome. Tell me more. Oh, all right. So our little uh, farm and in cooking school out here since we are closed in the winter. I'm not aware of the name of that. Oh, it's a beautiful place, really. It's um, it's in Tuscany. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's in La Marque, and our place is called La Tabla Marque. And we've been doing these live online cooking classes. And I just wanted to give a general shout out to the podcast listeners for... Attending the classes, it's been really fun having you guys join in and hearing feedback and stuff. So last week we did a fish and salt crust and roasted butternut squash salad, which was delicious. Interesting to find out, fish is hard for a lot of people to find in middle America or America in um, small towns in Texas. (laughs) Very interesting. I did not even think about that. Um, Well, you mean that if you didn't live by a body of water that it would be hard to find fresh fish i would assume so especially on a sunday too true but like i said i thought you i don't know you find strawberries in the middle of winter why can't you find fish in the you know i mean if they're bringing stuff from chile why can't they bring it from the east coast or the west coast you would have to ask mr supermarket i have no idea but 
I'm sorry. I, I, I have no idea. I don't know. But you're right. I didn't assume that it would be hard for people to find yeah. fresh fish. Well, it just makes me think about that for upcoming menus, but w- like uh, the availability of things. For example, we're talking about doing rabbit in a few weeks. And um, I was talking to my sister about it. And she was saying that obviously you, she wouldn't be able to find it in a regular grocery store. She lives in Seattle. That... Um, She'd have to go to a specialty butcher or like double D's that butcher my uncle goes to. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Rabbit's just not. Mm-hmm. But that dish you can do with chicken is true, well. true. And when she heard that, she was like, "Oh, great! Obviously, that's easy." Until I could find rabbit, then at least I could make it with the chicken. But rabbits, every, rabbits everywhere here. I, yeah, that's what I was saying. That I start to take it for granted. We've been here for six years now that you get so used to seeing rabbit in. And don't confuse rabbit with hair. Hair is dark meat. It's red meat. Wild hair. Rabbit is white meat. Oh, that's totally why someone different. wrote, I don't eat red meat. And I thought, congrats. Like, <laughs> why are you writing no, that? Hair is hair is red meat. Yeah. Think of like um, pork versus boar. Interesting. Same thing. Boar is red meat. Pork Interesting. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. All I know is those hairs run freaking fast. <laughs> I try to run them over with my car every time they get not possible. It's not possible. So what's this week's menu? Oh man, you're putting me on the spot. Um, oh, uh, Viduri Gar- Okay, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> we have four menus going right now for our cooking classes, so I wasn't sure what was coming up. Um, we're doing uh, pasta rosana or norcina, which is um, a really I call it a, pasta, a sauce album at the moment that you can make while the, you're waiting for the water to boil. For your- that's what your specialty sauces are: five minute sauces. Special. <laughs> I mean, like signature pasta signature. primavera. Exactly. <laughs> well, I did attend the, um, the Olive Garden cooking school in Tuscany, so pretty versed on all you can eat breadsticks. You are hysterical. I walk, I walk, I know, um, that's because um, a lot of the sauces, a lot of the sauces that they do are quick. That you know, pasta is eaten every day. It's something that's You're right. eaten I did, all the yeah. time. So. Um, apart, like most, you know, the ragus you have to cook and cook and cook slow, slow, slow. But for the most part, most of the everyday pasta sauces that people eat are five minute, 10 minute pasta sauces mm-hmm. real quick. And we're going to do also Vidori Gratinata. Baked vegetables in the oven. It Love will it. become the staple. You will be, if you get into this one, you will be, oh, that's your dish. Like grandkids or the kids or whoever come over and when when are you making the uh, vegetables with the breadcrumbs we just start making it a few times a week actually <laughs> i've been making well we have all these i have literally kilos and kilos and kilos of onions on the other side of that beautiful plastic tarp in the middle of our arch in our kitchen and i have to use them so we have like a 300 year old arch and um in our kitchen and a plastic sheeting oh over it's it. the hole of cold <laughs> you have to plug the hole of cold gosh so um so that's going on next weekend and then we're going to take two weeks off yep. because it's the super bowl and then we're we're busy the next weekend coming back the um and then we'll go the two weekends after that always exactly on a in Sunday. february um and to be thinking and if you guys want to send in your questions now um any questions you have related to knives knife maintenance care mm-hmm. 
We'll be doing we'll, a little knives we'll 101. We'll a little knife care maintenance and talking about... Sharpening. Get your steel or your... So what What should people... If you're if they're going to... Well, they're gonna, podcast I'm, listeners and I'm they're going to... I'm going to blow it all right here. No, 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 no. What should they um, get to prepare for that class? Like, would you just, say just a diamond get, steel? Would you say one of no. those waterboard things? Waterboard. <laughs> that's what, what they... Called? That's remarkable. Stones. 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 Water stones. <laughs> no. Just, just, just chill. Just, we'll, just get your questions together. Go go into your knife block or your knife drawer and feel your knives. And if they're dull, start asking yourself, why am I spending money on <laughs> knives that I can't Should I go from? buy another knife? If yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> if all of them are – you should just throw them out. Just like when your car is out of gas, it's, 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 it's done. Or just you just draw, need to just put more gas it. in it. Remember when I did that with a watch? What's that? I, I was like, this watch is broken. And I took it off and I went to like slam it on the table and you were like – or it's just out of or it's like, battery just dead. Get a battery. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, yeah. oh, kidoki. So, um, where? So, hold on. Throw out your new. Um, so we've got a site for the um, online cooking classes, and it's live from italyonline.tumblr.com. So you can find all the details and um, recipes, menus, dates coming up. Um, classes are five dollars each. They last about an hour, hour and a half ish, somewhere in there, depending. Um, and they focus more on technique. You can teach any monkey to make. <laughs> you a, were going to say moron. Yeah, I was going to say moron. <laughs> you can teach any moron how to just replicate what you just did, but to learn the why. So, I really want to teach you not what to make, but how to cook. None of these freaking tv shows teach anyone how to cook they just teach them what to make or, or to just, like open the can well that's some of them is like dump a bunch of crap together but it's never here's how to properly sear or here's how to properly here's the reason why we cut it this way or here's how the acid and the oil you know work together in this dish and, and you have to round it out with you know like really how to cook like the real nuts <laughs> and bolts of what's going on so you learn not only how to make the dish we're we're, we're doing for that day but you actually can apply that knowledge to other things, other dishes that you're going to do because it's not that hard. I wish I could say that I'm a bridge builder or, uh, <laughs> cure or cancer. Cure, cure and cancer, but no, it's really not that hard. It's really, really simple. So I hope to see you guys this Sunday. We're doing two different sessions and uh, it's great. It's really fun. 1 p.m. Um, and 4 p.m. East Coast time. 1 and 4 East Coast time, yeah. Or 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. Pacific Coast. They really don't say Pacific Coast. They just say Pacific, Pacific. Standard. Sorry, Pacific Standard Time. PST. So that's so, what they call it. Sounds like something you get. <laughs> okay, what do we got but next? But also, speaking of um, classes, we've been doing all the sausages, and I'm putting together a little series of videos, and the first one will be out today of the meat machine. The meat machine. We just did our <laughs> second 40 kilo round of salamis and sausages. Those got hung up last night. We got it's a nice uh, 80 near 100 kilos already hanging. 80 kilo hanging. My hands don't smell. My um. Yeah. When like, you make. What are you doing? Well, he starts sniffing his fingers. When you now. when you make God. sausages and salamis for usually a, ha- a good almost a day after, your hands smell like white wine and pork. <laughs> Mine don't this morning, but I but I went into the uh, into the sala this morning and it does. Smell oh, it like, sure does. It smells like that in there. We were rocking and rolling yesterday. We did good. We got it all done really quick. Mm-hmm. All right, what do we got? What else you got on your list? <laughs> You're just checking it off the list. I'm, I'm rocking and rolling. I know. Today. I didn't know you were in such a hurry. I was gonna say let's uh, make some OJ. It's getting good. Oh, nice segue. Nice. <laughs> 
Um, Sicilian blood orange season is here. It's happening. You have not had heaven on earth until you wake up and have Mm -mm. a glass of freshly squeezed Sicilian blood orange juice. Oh, no. It's freaking awesome. They're cheap. They're super cheap. I buy a case of them. How cheap, baby? How cheap, baby? (laughs) Four euro will get you a box. I don't even know how many kilos are in there. Five, seven. Enough. Enough. for Like, it's a week's worth of OJ for us. Yeah. And, um... It's, I can't explain it. It's good. It is delicious. It's sweet. It's tart. It's tangy. And it brightens your day. It does. If you uh, happen to see some Sicilian blood oranges at your local really expensive uh, store. what? what someone called it something to this last week. It was really funny. Oh, Whole Paycheck. What the hell For is Whole that? Foods. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was funny. I'm sure that's not very original. I didn't get the but, joke. Um, um, you're actually, for one of the upcoming classes, you're going to be doing fennel two ways and doing a blood orange or citrus and fennel salad. Yes. Two things Two things that are very much in season and over the winter when not much is really around here is fennel, which no one ever knows what to cook with or how to cook it, and blood oranges. Delicious. Delicious. So you'll teach people how to supreme too, huh? How to yeah, how to peel a piece. Is that of called supreme? It's called supreming. You <laughs> cut out the sections or supreming. Do you want to sing the supremes while you do it? Uh, <laughs> that would be the cheesy stuff. Oh <laughs> We're a wristband. Um, so I wanted to talk about some really exciting stuff happening, like Oscar nominations. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna pour another cup of coffee. <laughs> Jason's like, why are you talking about this? I was writing some notes and I wrote Oscar noms. And he was like, why? Who cares about the Oscar nominations? And I said, just relax. I'm talking about Golden Globe winner, Oscar nominated um, foreign film called The Great Beauty. And it's a film about a journalist in Rome and the, the Rome's decadent uh, social world and it is by super famous Italian director Paolo Sorrentino not to be confused with is it Paul Sorrentino yep. <laughs> Paulie Sorrentino totally different guys I when I first was reading about this guy I thought oh look Paul Sorrentino calls himself Paolo Sorrentino in Italy <laughs> and he's directing films and I kind of thought it was douchey and then I realized oh <laughs> It's actually an Italian in Italy. Totally different guy. <laughs> I thought he was trying to do one of those, like, um, I'll call myself the Italian version of the name in Italy. But um, really famous director who made another gorgeous film called Il Divo about with the uh, same actor who's nominated also, Tony Servillo. And um, they work well together. Again, just he makes these beautiful, lush films. We haven't watched it yet. I keep um, bringing it up to oh, Jason. is that the Italian film? You keep yes, I keep saying, watch? do you want to watch an Italian movie tonight? Let's watch this Italian movie. It's supposed to be just, well, it's called The Great Beauty. It's supposed to be a gorgeous I know, film. I know, I've gotten back into The Wire again. Deep in. If you've never seen The Wire. If you walk through the valley. Uh, if you've never seen The Wire, this has nothing to do with Nothing Italy to do with Italy. <laughs> but I have gotten back into The Wire. If you've never seen The Wire, it's... It's an awesome series. I can hi- highly, highly recommend Highly it. recommend it. We have a lot of time in the winter to get deep into films, documentaries, things like that. And um, The Wire is a excellent, excellent source of draining a day. Yeah. <laughs> you can just... Hey, my driver's license expires in six days. No worries. No worries. <laughs> I, I should be studying Italian. No, but we're almost back into season two, um, so we got a lot of work to do. I've got through almost a full season this week. <laughs> and if you are Wire fans, don't worry, no spoiler alerts on this uh, podcast, but just to talk about The Wire for a little bit longer. If you are fans 
Oh, do you yeah. know the, how weird it is? Okay, we're so far out here, and we're so I gotta do this quick. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, okay, sorry. Check out the lead guy, Dominic West or Idris um, Elba, or whatever his name is. So McNulty or or Stringer, Stringer Bell, Stringer Bell. two hardcore guys from Baltimore. One's a thug, one's a cop. They're actually English actors, and it blows your freaking mind to hear them be like, oh, well, my daughter said, and it was absolutely charming. And then it's like, <laughs> these are I didn't believe thug. it. We had to it go is... on YouTube and YouTube them. And yeah, it sounds almost like they're doing fake British accents. It totally does. think, no, those guys are American, right? No. Nope. Speaking of fake British accents, we were given um, a series to watch called Zen from the BBC. Speaking of TV shows and stuff during the winter, and it's our neighbors were saying, oh, it's great. It's about um, Italian cop in Rome. And we thought, oh, wonderful. The guy uh, looks Italian on the cover and the woman's name totally seems Italian. Great. This sounds wonderful. We didn't realize it was from the BBC. And we put it on and, of course... we have anything against them. No, no, no. And, of course, we see BBC right away. And Jason was like, interesting that they're producing Italian television or what... And I was like, yeah, I don't know. It was just... It was a British show set in Rome. <laughs> Supposedly Italians, but everyone had a different English accent. So this guy is from... Uh, like Wales. Wales, and one's from Scotland, and one's, you know... Stratford. Irish accent. It's like, oh man, this is the... I couldn't watch it. No, it was so it was really weird. distracting. Well, I, I think that if we didn't live here, it wouldn't be as distracting. Before we moved to Italy, I loved that series Rome, even though it was like softcore. <laughs> like, but it was, I thought it was interesting and they all had um, English accents, English accents yeah. and it didn't bother me then. And I thought, oh, this is so Italian and so foreign. Now that we're here, I'm like, what the hell is this? This is not Italian. Why is he talking? Well, it's the, the British accent. I and it's the British it. slang to go with it. It was just confusing. It so w- I don't know. If any of you guys out there have seen Zen and it's worth another go, let us know. But we passed. All right. Let's write this ship. What's, what else is going on? Let's write this ship. Okay. So moving on from television and the uh, Oscar nominations. And the, and the oranges. Um, let's talk about what else is going on in the news. Oh, in Italy? <laughs> yeah. Rough week for the Catholic Church here in Italy. <laughs> Uh, we had we a, got a Prager's uh, nun, yeah, a nun, nun who doesn't know how she got pregnant. Nun who went into labor, it went to the hospital. It's, this is in southern Italy this week. It was in the paper. Uh, nun goes into the hospital complaining of stomach pains and spits out a kid. It's a miracle. <laughs> uh, also, <laughs> we got a little... Um, what else did we have? There was something with priests that was hysterical. Uh, yeah, hold on. I'm getting He's to it. He's a flasher, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, Italian priest flashed himself at two girls this week in uh, the northern Italian city of Savona. Uh, he's been hit with a 7,500 euro fine after exposing himself on a street to two young girls, allegedly while drunk. <laughs> That's a really good one. Rough week. Rough, rough week. week for the Catholics. Um, um, also, back in business. Oh, Berlusconi's back. The boss is back. He the is boys back. are back in town. <laughs> the boys are back in town. That's what I was saying. <laughs> you just you wanted to say some dirty joke. I want, yeah, I'm gonna, I wanted to say something totally inappropriate. But Berlusconi is back. He is teaming up with the PDL or the Democratic. We don't know Renzi. Listen. We just yeah, we, we know, know a few talking points. We've no we've research. Mentioned this before. Very very uneducated and low on facts. Yep, yep. No research done for this at all, but Berlusconi has been plastered all over the front page of every newspaper in Italy this week as he's trying to get back into politics, and it looks like the PDL or the 
yeah democratic league i don't even know i just know it's the pdl and i know he's um uh apartment shopping in rome so he's back he's back with a new fiance uh beautiful golden bronzed tan and uh, that slick back hair baby ready to continue to rob yeah and speaking of robbing and embezzling from italy it looks like its citizens are doing a great job of it as well oh my god so (laughs) the numbers seem to be a little skewed uh, the numbers do seem to be uh, new stats out that twelve thousand Italians. Hold on, okay. So <laughs> uh, the new the stats from two thousand twelve just came out from the Guardia di Finanza, which is the finance police here in Italy. A total of twelve thousand, and this is what I love how how uh, exact it is. A total of twelve thousand seven hundred and twenty six people were found to be dodging their taxes in two thousand. Th- 2013 compared to 11,769 uh for suspected tax evasion in 2012 uh blah 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 let's see what else so they are saying in a country of 76 78 million people a total of 12,726 people are dodging their taxes and they said that out of those 12,000 let's just call it 13,000 we'll we'll be wild and round up take a wild leap that those 12,000 people owe 15 billion in taxes and there's another 22.7 uh, billion that are related to evaded taxes as well this they, these numbers don't make sense to me these numbers don't make sense so <laughs> i believe they said that businesses continue to run in the black yes uh hold on uh the number of people paying absolutely no tax has gone down. They're saying 8,315 people paid no taxes at all last year. These, Is, are those considered to be evaders? I don't get these numbers. I don't either. <laughs> How do they figure in a country of in the 70, let's call it 76, 78 million, that only 12,000, in a country that is known, known. throughout the world yes. <laughs> for their love of tax evasion? Totally. And the beauty in um, getting around it. Getting around yes. it. Paying taxes yes. and all that stuff to for the... For the to, <laughs> Hold on, there was one more thing that uh, that really made me. We're laugh. reading the uh, the local is. right now. Yeah, um, the local. We are. Uh, we just like the, it's interesting. It's, We've brought um, it up before. Yeah, we have uh, Italian news in English, um, which we shouldn't be reading. We should be reading the Italian news in Italian. Ooh, damn, burn. Um, and then there was one more. Um, oh, also, stay away from Alitalia. Yeah, don't fly Alitalia. Alitalia just laid off another. They took a emergency loan from the uh, Italian state uh, two months ago, right before Christmas, and now it's they're cutting nineteen hundred jobs, a part of its restructuring plan. And it's not only it was it the worst airline before this all happened; it continues to be the worst. Our don't, neighbors, their flight was canceled, and they had to fly, take a bus. Do, like it was crazy. Do not fly Alitalia. Do not fly Delta, operated by their partner Alitalia. If your ticket says Alitalia, have fear in your heart, because I hate to say it, it's, it's true. Worst, I hate to say it, it's the worst airline. It was the same airline that, like, well, I think it was only a year ago that they painted their plane. Ran the ran the Alitalia runs the uh, little commuter plane off the end of the runway at uh, Rome Fiumicino. Oh, uh, last flight out of the night in uh, overnight paints the plane white so that no one knows that it's an Alitalia plane. And they said, of course we would. This would be horrible press if we didn't to have our insignia like out there. Like, Don't that. fly Alitalia. <laughs> 
also this week, 70 years ago, the 23rd of January, 1944, uh, this is, yesterday was the 70th anniversary of the accidental bombing by the Allies of our neighboring town of Urbania. Um, January 23rd, 1944, at its primary objective, Perugia. <laughs> they missed by quite a lot. Bombs dropped on target. Ten bombs were dropped of, on the city of Urbania. Um, uh, from a height of 12,370 feet. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, has been a terrific heavy bombardment. Uh, there was 2,000 uh, civilian, two, two, sorry. There was 250 civilian deaths. Um, and because of the, uh, it was on a Sunday right after church. So everyone was in the piazza. Um, the city of Urbino, which is located close to Urbania, uh, that's where they think they were trying to bomb or a Perugia. There's a lot of – we read the article in the paper yesterday. There's a lot of uh, still mystery shrouding this bombing. But it was definitely not supposed to be dropped on Urbania. But um, there's a – they did, and they destroyed most of the city. So very interesting. I'm, I like World War II stuff. And as Ashley said one time when we were at a dinner party – no, I shouldn't tell this. No? Not good? No? Okay. I'm going to tell it anyway. Uh, we're at a dinner party talking about World War II history, and Ashley blurts out that she loves stories about the Holocaust. <laughs> well, I think I should chime in about now. Um, I like stories of survival. I did, It definitely was what I said. I love Holocaust stories. And <laughs> it sounds horrible when I say that, but I mean it with the most endearing sincerity. And <laughs> it's the individual stories of survival or like this very interesting story to me that this wonderful little tiny town of Urbania would be accidentally bombed horribly. Yeah, would still be so kind to Americans like us. And um, I think it's really interesting. We found a cool site with a bunch of the stats on the um, the bombings in the area. I still, yes. And you don't like that I told that story? Well, super funny. And you'll nev- I will never stop telling that story. So um, happy anniversary to Urbania. <laughs> 70 years ago yesterday, got bombed. That's horrible. All right. Moving on. So something else that we were reading on the local that we thought this would be a great thing to bring up in the podcast was Italian delicacies that foreigners find hard to stomach. And uh, we thought this was kind of a fun one to go over. So let's go through a few of them. Okay, here we go. This is directly from the local Italian's news, Italy's news in English. We have no affiliation with them whatsoever. No, none at all. Okay. Uh, The first one, Casu. Unless they'd like to sponsor our podcast. And then we will gladly (laughs) mention them every single podcast. Okay, Casu Marzu. And this Sardinian sheep's milk cheese has an unusual ingredient, live maggots. They start to eat the cheese, allowing it to decompose faster. And one slice of Casu Marzu may be home to thousands of maggots. That's freaking disgusting. Uh, it's declared illegal, but it is sure it is still enjoyed by Sardinia. Okay, so would you eat it? Uh, yeah, I would. I'd try it. Why, s- what's the difference between eating that and formaggio di falsa that they bury in a pit and comes out looking like death? Yeah, and it smells like it too, but there, at least there's nothing crawling inside. Yeah, but if you take a piece of that cheese and put it under a microscope, I'm sure there's tons of stuff crawling everywhere. Oh, God. Okay. Um, this- this one's weird. Fianziera. Fianziera. This 200-year-old dish, which is, almost, which is almost exclusive to Piedmont, contains a rooster's waddle, 
testicles, and coxcomb, the red thing on top of the rooster's head, cooked with a variety of vegetables. What the hell is a rooster's waddle? I just me- thought it meant it's shimmy shake. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's got a little bit tush? of pizzazz. I don't know. That one's just... That, that one's just like a country dish of some... Chicken bits. Chicken farmer. I don't think that's that weird. No. Oh, this one sounds delicious. I would definitely eat this. Uh, Chieke. Cheque, frite, mm-hmm. fried baby eels are popular as an appetizer. They are blind because they are so young, a few centimeters long and transparent in color. Eel is delicious. Eel baby is. eel would, fried baby eels would probably be super delicious. I'll probably get a lot of slack for this, but when something's good, their babies normally taste better. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That was funny. <laughs> All right. Um, loading up number four. Oh, this is uh, this is actually not that weird at all. In fact, if you go to the uh, market in Florence, uh, there's always a cart with this that will have a line, like you know, around the block sometimes. Um, Lamprodotto. Lamprodotto. A uh. typical Florentine dish: a boiled cow's stomach. It's tripe, served in a sandwich. It's got like a reddish gravy to it. Um, it's it's good. I mean, I don't think this is a weird one at all. But if there's numerous carts, the test is to go to the one with the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just like when the porchetta truck. Exactly. There'll be three or four porchetta guys at like the, the uh, market in Fano. There's only one with a line. Exactly. There's a reason. Oh, this one. Uh, this one's not really up my alley. Uh, this is pork blood cake. Waste not, want not. Uh, it's Tuscany. It's Tuscan with sugar, milk, and eggs to create this dessert. I just don't like the con- like the consistency. Looks flan like um yeah pudding. Or and not I'm not pudding. a pudding fan, so that's why I'm not, not pudding um flan like. Yeah, I'm not a fan of flan pudding any of that. So it just it looks a little too gelatinous for me. Okay, now this one's interesting. I don't know how to say say it exactly because there's a J in it and there's no real J in Italian. So. Payata, payata, payata. It's an ancient Roman dish. Uh, milk, this is interesting. Yeah, milk-fed calves' intestines are cooked without emptying them, so the intestines still have the milk inside of them. During the cooking, the heat turns the partially digested milk inside them into a thick cheese-like sauce. Once sliced, it can be served either on its own or as a pasta sauce. I'd try it. That doesn't. Sound I would that too. Weird. Honestly, that one sounds really interesting. I love a good cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some people are just curling up and just like. Oh my god! Some people are on their way to work in I the know. morning. Listen, and- <laughs> I just I just got done filling meat into um into the small intestines of animals. So. so that's why I'm like, oh, and I was cleaning the intestines yesterday, making sure there's no poo left inside. So <laughs> that's why this is good. <laughs> uh, well, that's why I'm thinking cheese. If you get cheese inside, that sounds delicious. Um, I've actually had this. This, uh, this next one's called Borista. It's a blood sausage from Siena um, with pig's head, lard, fresh pig's blood, um, there's a lot of names There's for something like this. There's a lot of this kind of stuff. Copa di Testa is kind of similar. You boil the head, like all the bits and then the um, gelatin from the head and stuff. Like, I know what you're probably sitting there thinking. Get to Italy and then sit in front of some guy while he's made it and he's really proud of it and he slices a piece off 
for you and it just looks like salami and you taste it and it's delicious, who cares what it's made out of? It's, it's Yeah, good. and also try being that same person and telling that guy, no, no, thank you. You can't do that. No, you can't really do that. You, that was so offensive. So you always have to try. Listen, so. they are really good. The Italians, especially the rural Italians, are yeah. really good at taking these kind of – Throw away bits and turning them into something delicious. My one of my favorite salamis is fiocchiona. <laughs> it's a fennel salami made with just all the end bits and crap. It's for the peasant Tuscans and um, I don't know. The Tuscans usually put more. Listen, it's it's kind of this way. The more flavoring things in the salami, the more it's to hide the crappy um, meat. So, for instance. We use just salt, pepper, and white wine because we're using pork shoulder. Great, really good cut for, for salamis and sausages. Once you start using the more fat and more pieces that aren't as good, you have to put something in there to give it a little bit of flavor. So like with the field, the fennel salami, they put the fennel seeds in the, the wild fennel, and it's delicious, but it's not a great – it's not. It's really, not a choice cut. No, it's not not made with the choice cuts. And you also really love the uh, liver sausage. Liver sausage, delicious. Um, they just give you that at the butcher shop sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I'll ask for a couple of the liver sausages made with liver. But this stuff is really good if you know how to do it. And uh, you know, liverwurst gets a bad rap. We were talking about that with Carolyn. If you know how to make these things, they're absolutely delicious. Just don't tell yourself it's liver or boiled pig's heads or whatever. It's it's good. Yeah, and try it at a market, at a little small mm-hmm. family where it's like you're looking the guy at the guy who made it who in made front it. of you. Keep going. What else do we have on the list? Oh. Okay, now, raw octopus. I wouldn't think this is weird at all. I love sushi. And, I have no uh, problem with raw octopus, but this also says raw, raw snails. snails. Who knows? You never tried it. I don't know. We have snails all over out here. I do love snails in the fennel sauce and soaked in butter. But I think a humongous – it looks like a huge freaking slug. You're just going to like it raw? That looks sounds disgusting. What are you talking about? We went to lunch the other day, and you were sucking snails out of their – sea snails out of their shells fast like – at a ridiculously disgusting pace. So why do you have a problem well, with... Well, these snails are huge. Big deal. But raw? Who cares? They're going to be in olive oil and lemon and salt and stuff. I guess. I just think you it's going to be... You eat sushi? I know. I forget when I hear raw. I forget that it could still be raw, but like with... Um, Acid. Yeah. Yeah. And raw octopus. I eat raw. I love I octopus. Raw octopus. That sounds great. So, all right. Moving on. Uh, nine. Number nine of ten. What else do we have here? Oh, squidding pasta. This is this from, is like from um, Venice. Veneto, and this isn't weird at all. They take the ink sack from the um, squid and make put it into the pasta and make it. It doesn't really I don't give it. No, I think they just get to charge more money for it. I, I think so too. <laughs> I've had it several times, and it never. It has kind of a little bit of a fishy taste, uh-huh. but you can't tell if that's because normally it's served in a fish sauce. <laughs> I know. Um, it looks cool. It does look cool, especially if you do the black, you know, they can, the black pasta just looks cool, but I don't really think it's really uh, that weird at all. If you go to Veneto, you have to get it. it all right. And the last one. Oh, well, dried sacks of milt or the technical term for tuna sperm known as latume are served with pasta in Sicily, where they are considered an aphrodisiac. There's also something called botarga, which is the dried egg sac of the mugine, which I do not know what that is in. I'll never be able to spell it. No. Um, I'm thinking it's a sturgeon. Mugine. 
but well, I might be wrong. What else would you? Oh, sorry. But why? So this is the dried sacks, the dried sperm sack of a tuna, and then you grate it over pasta. So yeah, it's like the botarga. It's like it's caviar. Like the Not a big deal. No. Um. What? What uh, would you add to this list? What do you think this list is missing? What do I think? This Interesting list? Italian delicacies that foreigners find hard to stomach. Um. I don't know if it's a delicacy, but we went with Carlo to Carlo and Gigi's house, and they did boiled. Uh, veal tendons. That was hard to in stomach. A, in a, that was weird. <laughs> that one was pretty weird. However, they did also do. I'm gonna. It sounds so gross, guys. I'm sorry, but it's absolutely delicious. Pigs brains and eggs. Oh, that was ridiculous. That just, was really. It good. Sounds like what are you? Why do you want me to throw up first thing in the morning? Seriously. And then if you have no idea what it is, you just think these are the best porkiest hint of sausage if i didn't tell you you would think it's like foie gras yeah. or just it tastes fatty and eggy it's it's, it's good. so good and they put what they put a little bit of like um i want to say rosemary on top maybe i don't even know it, it's, it's so delicious but that is something you only eat when you go to the a farmer butcher. yeah the the pig farmer's house you mm-hmm. eat pork brains and eggs but you, well and that's the thing i love i think we talked about it before but um the butcher dario from um uh, Penzano outside of Florence that he's talked about in many of his mad symposiums and things that he didn't eat Bisteca Fiorentina until he was 18 I think maybe even older for his birthday for his birthday because he grew he up a as a butcher in a butcher's family so they were eating the blood sausage the tendon salad these things the the pig's brains and eggs and I don't know. It's really interesting when you go to like you said Jay a farmer or the butcher's house because. You, these are items not found on a menu. Oh, which brings us to another one that Godji forced us to have. I don't um, remember <laughs> the name of it because it's a uh, P.O.B.K.'s a dialect. It's basically a stew of trachea and it's a stew of mm, lamb you had me at trachea. and veal. Uh, veal and lamb. No, was it lamb? Lung? No, it's it was l- lamb, right? Lamb. I think it's lamb and goat or Something, whatever. Lung, trachea, heart, um, liver, liver, kidney, like all this stuff. In a brown kind of gravy. Oh, oh, keep going. Excuse keep me. going. And we went out with Gaji. For um, your birthday? For my birthday a couple of years ago. He's like, you got to order this. He, I'm just going to order it. He orders it. He, it comes and it looks kind of like. He plates it, passes around, yeah, plates it up to everyone. Makes everyone. Okay, try this. You know, here's what it is, blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, all right. It's edible. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want another, pe- another bite of it. How come you didn't eat any of it? Oh, oh, I wouldn't touch it. Yeah, God, you won't eat it. He doesn't like it. He'll never touch it. But he made all of us sit there and freaking throw it down. For me, it's the weird, like, consistency of some of the hard bits. Like, is it cartilage? Well, here's is it the, the thing. I've had it. Th- stuff? Well, we, I don't we know. We had it at that place. I didn't like it. We had it at another place, and it was delicious. Do you remember when? Was that at the place Pozzuolo? Maybe. We had it at another place where all it really tasted like was the bits of the bottom of like a pan when yes. you scrape up I was going to say it tasted like sage and like the fatty garlic bits. Garlic and yes. fatty bits. And it was delicious. That one was way better. Maybe even good on like a little crustini mm-hmm. or something. But oh God, I hate to knock the peel right. but been... that one was, that's that's a rough dish. So there you go. <laughs> There's uh, ten, 10 Italian delicacies foreigners find hard to stomach. And a few extra thrown in by us. <laughs> if you're still with us, would you like to move on to the next topic? Wow, you just keep us pushing on. I got stuff to do today. Oh, okay. Um, Let's see here. We could give some shout outs. Save your shout outs till the end. All right. You want to answer some questions? All right. Let's answer some questions. 
So we'll do a couple of um, listener questions. We get a lot of questions from you guys, which we really appreciate. Anytime you – please send in your question to info at um, or to ashley at com. We love the questions. We'll, we, and what we do is we'll just throw them all into a folder, and once we get a, you know, a good handful of them that we'll like, we'll answer them. Yeah. Um, we do. We really do appreciate it. All right. So – um, let's see here. This one's coming in from Sarah. She says that how we talk about the booming garden all summer. What do we eat in the winter? Mm, a lot. We do. We get fat, but we've talked about getting fat, but what do we eat? Um, okay. So there's not a lot. I mean, you could still, there's still stuff coming out of Sicily. Like they'll grow in greenhouses and they'll have, um, zucchini, zucchini but none of it tastes really good. I mean, it, it looks good, but it doesn't have the same taste as obviously in the season. What do we eat? We try – I usually go like um, not cooking Italian food. So we'll cook. That's I'll do true. like um, – we'll take a run up to Bologna and go to like – there's a Chinese grocery store up there <laughs> and I'll get like, you know. Oyster sauce. Yeah, I'll get, you know, a bunch of stuff like that and we'll I'll try to make fakey Chinese food or um, – And I love it. But really what is eaten a lot of, you're talking about things that we put – that people put up. So there's potatoes that are still put up – that are still good. We have our onions. We have um, cabbages. We have pumpkins that are still good. Um, and just the food – the vegetables get less and the food gets heavy. Mm-hmm. So polentas and pastas and um, burrotos and uh-huh. cavalettis and – now that um, Carnival is coming, you know, they, I've started seeing Carnival. Oh, God, all coming. the sweet desserts and yeah, the fried bits. super sweet desserts. I really get a winter kick for bacala. Salt cod, yeah. We eat fish more um, just because we can now because it's just us. Um, but soon enough, the um, well, if we don't get cold weather, <laughs> very soon the uh, wild greens will start popping up. And you'll have the, you know, the very first crack of spring really probably in a month. Right? The way it's mm-hmm. going. Right now you still see like that was it endive that looked so gorgeous that we got? Uh, yeah, there's endives popping up in the fields I've been seeing. We still have like um in the garden that just it'll survive the frost is um the uh wild um lettuce or the um hardy lettuces. Um and the radicchio? R- well it's a type of radicchio. Um scarola, escarola we have Oh, I love that. Uh the endivia radicchio. Uh, the curly endive it's just these big heads of curly endive so that kind of stuff it does listen it's not summertime no we start sure. we a lot of times our dinner consists of grilled sausage grilled meat and a salad kind of thing mm-hmm. some veggies or the vidori gratinata three yep. times a week <laughs> but i've even noticed when we go over to other people's houses it's just heavy it's just heavier mm-hmm. there's you there's less veggies and that's because Come summertime, that's all we – I mean, veggies are coming out of our ears. So. A big thing that happens you'll see a lot in the winter more too um, is a big pasta dish and then the meat from the pasta served afterwards. With, with you know, a little salad or something. There's mm-hmm. always winter lettuces. Um, canasta, the type of, a type of lettuce sur- survives a frost. What about cardoon? Cardoons are coming. Um, is that, when is cardo. that? Um, it's, I've been seeing them. It's usually the same time as, um, I thought they were more in the spring or they have a long season or I don't know. It seems like I see, um, cardoons at the same time as I see artichokes Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of artichokes right now. There are a lot of artichokes around right now. I don't know if that's from Sicily. They're definitely not around here. Um, and if they just bloom twice down there, I have no idea, but artichokes are usually May. Yeah, but if you think about it, yeah, in Fano, every year, all winter, there's artichokes. Artichokes. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Maybe there's a well, and we were talking about doing an artichoke dish. That's one of the hard things for us doing the online cooking classes because we were thinking, oh, let's do artichoke risotto, and then we realized I don't know if anyone. If artichokes are around in the states right now. That's another. Yeah, that's a really hard. That's a good point for us too. For me, for me, planning menus. It's like, well, there's no nothing around here. Anymore. I know. Come the spring, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be really great. Six weeks, and there'll be tons of stuff around. But right now, it's slim pickings. All right. Um, are you ready to move on to the next question? Please. All right, Lance. Thank you for your question. What do expats do for healthcare in Italy? Do you do private health coverage, or are you uncovered? So we do not live in the third world, and. And uh, Italy has state-run health care. Before we became residents of Italy, the first six months of living here. And as part of our visa kind of package, if you will. We had to get private insurance from the states that covered us. If you come here on – and then after that, we um, could start paying into the um, state-run health care system. If you come here as a tourist, you are afforded the same health care that the Italians are afforded. So if you call fall hurt – fall and break your leg you will get taken care of free of charge blah 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 as long as you have your you have to have the stamp coming through into italy it'll you know they'll put the stamp as long as you're inside in 90 days and you're a tourist you can you will be afforded that now we pay into the now we have our carta sanitaria we're not i mean what do you think you you've been to the doctor more than i have oh i think it's great i have no problem with it whatsoever we're not we don't use it that much i mean it's not like we have health problems. So our experience versus someone who's much, who's older would probably to- totally do. Well, all I remember is that we paid a freaking arm and a leg for those six months of that international insurance bullshit. Like that was some – it felt like a fraud. I don't know. I, I, then once we got here and we found out – I mean I know you need it for the process. So I'm not saying bag out and don't do it. But – it just was – it was one of those weird loopholes going, why does this matter right now? I guess they want to make sure you become a real resident. They don't want you just coming here. They, they don't want you coming from America, coming to Italy, getting open-heart surgery for free, and then going back to America. It's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, I think we've been brainwashed a little bit, North America, uh, Americans, being, thinking that uh, state-run health care means – People dying in the streets, and it's not true, man. This isn't the third world. Well, and that idea of uncovered and what that means. I know growing up in a you know working class poor family that that idea of being uncovered is a, a really scary word. You know, not having health insurance. So that idea out here of state run or being uncovered. I, I don't know. I think that there. Uh, being an American, the question is formed to being an expat in Italy. And when you're an American, the idea of not having health insurance is slightly scary. What if something happens? And you yeah, go, most, people, most people in America don't have health insurance. Uh, yeah, and what happens if you go to the doctor and how much will that cost? And those numbers start adding up in your head. So when you're in Italy as an expat or as Jason oh, you, is saying, yeah. that this idea of being uncovered isn't scary. There's not – also, even if you weren't covered or into the system, it's not like the uh, – Even if you had to go to the doctor yes, straight out of your pocket. Yes. It's not like it is in the States. It's not going to be 50000 My cousin tripped and fell, and it was something insane, like $250,000 for the doctors and oh the surgery. Oh, my God. Your numbers are – I don't know. I think it was two hundred. Oh, no. Sorry. That was open-heart surgery, our friends in New York. <laughs> sorry. Whatever. Insane numbers. <laughs> like I said, little, little low on facts. Pulling numbers out of my ass. <laughs> I will say this about the hospitals and um, like clinics we've been to. The buildings are old. old. The equipment is new. The doctors are great. 
uh, also, I have to say, this is a point of view from small town Italy. We have never been to the doctor in Rome or in Bologna or, or in Napoli in yeah. Naples. I'm sure it's a disaster. Also, it's not a luxury stay. No, if you're you not get going- checked into the hospital, you're with a couple other people. There's no TVs. There's no like you're in the hospital. You're there to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that the doctors take much more time with you and actually treat you like a human being. They'll touch you. They'll actually care. I don't know. It just seems like you're more of a human than just get you in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you get cancer or something, you know, you'll have to go to the cancer hospital. And there's one in Italy. And I think it's in Milan. Right? I was thinking that, too. Um, but um, you can also, if you want an MRI and you don't want to wait a month for it, you can pay for it. I mean, it's not its not like it's going to be 12000 bucks to get an MRI. It would be whatever it really should cost to get an MRI. And mm-hmm. uh, you just go and do it if you don't want to wait. Mm-hmm. So um, I have no problem with it. Me neither. Let's knock on wood. I hope we don't. It's not. It doesn't to... scare me at all. In fact, I'm. It's. I think it's really simple, and I really. I really like it. Mm-hmm. I, I'll tell you what. I don't pay insurance every month, and then go to the doctor, and they want money when I go to the doctor. That's true, and I'll also say that the two times I've had to go to the emergency room with guests, it's been an absolute pleasure. I mean, for it's, best- <laughs> thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. It might have been life been threatening in one case and um, incredibly painful for the person in the other case. However, all the pleasure was on this side of the table. Doctors were wonderful. No headaches. Um, Wit took an Australian woman and an American woman two different times to the emergency room in Urbino, and everyone was wonderful, nice, um, patient, and um, a great all around experience for having to go to the hospital. I'm sure there's horror stories, but, oh, that's, I'm our, sure I'm, that too. but that's our experience. So, moving right along. Um, Dave has a question for you, Jason. Best time of year to visit Italy? Well then, Dave, it depends on, in my opinion, best time to visit Italy, May and September. Mm. I'm not a fan of, um, well, that's not true. I love Italy in the summertime. <laughs> it's absolutely gorgeous. However, as a tourist, I would think that it's going to be crowded, hot, and too many families yeah and italians vacation in the summer too especially in august but i agree september may 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 and september even june yes into june because school isn't out yet um may and june you get beautiful weather um this you know the all the the, you know you get all the spring veggies and spring stuff to do it's usually not that hot hot out yet um the kids aren't out of school so the traffic's lighter you feel like because there's not all the tourists you get that little excitement of i'm the only one in this restaurant speaking english you know those moments where you... i don't think people want that oh you oh they do want yeah. that sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm the only english speaking person in this yeah, restaurant like, yeah like yeah. like you get those moments much more in the off season like that and and still like you said having the weather be nice the first time we came to italy was in april um end of april into beginning Gorgeous. of may and it was spectacular there is something about a beautiful spring day oh, that is just it talks to summer day flowers in bloom and the electric green it smells fields. good if mm-hmm. um, everyone's out and happy yeah 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 it's may may early june is great and also september kids have gone back to school it's harvest time there's still tomatoes there's still potatoes the, truffles the, are coming the, eh, not yet that's and middle of october uh the bounty of the garden is there um the weather is beautiful the traffic is lighter you know the the hot hot has gone 
Um, but you'll still get, oh, you know, you'll still get in the, in September one or two summer days in there where it's like, Ooh, it's, it's still summer's hanging on. So that is my suggestion. Also, October is a gorgeous, um, yeah, if you like the feeling of fall, like to travel where it f- has that little crispness to the air. Mid-October. Mid-October. Italy. Gorgeous. I would say do a freaking European road trip. Do like Italy into Bavaria. That is a gorgeous way to spend in part of October. Yeah. So basically, yeah, September. Um, I'm sorry, May, September, October. Mm-hmm. Um, and, if- and I would include June in that because there's not the tourists in June still at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, First half of June is really like gorgeous August weather. Are busy and Whew. crazy. Who it is tight. It's a uh, trafficy and um, I don't know. It is you, you just you'll also just see busy. Plain, it's, it's just you'll busy. also see there's a certain date in September where all of Europe goes back to school. After that date, plane tickets take a nosedive in price. It'll be it'll be weird. You want to fly on the 31st of August, you'll pay almost twice as much as if you fly on the 6th of September. It's just weird. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of um, best time to visit Italy, um, where are some of the cool places we've traveled in Europe? Ed is curious. Um, Cool places we've traveled in Europe. This is a great question because that's what we do in the off time season for the most part. (sighs) Let's see. Recently, um, Greece. We went to Greece. Love Greece. The Peloponnese. We went to the Peloponnese uh, Island Islands. No, that's well. It's it's one. It depends on who you talk to. It's like a either one big island or part of the peninsula right there. But yeah, whatever. Greece, awesome. Um, Bavaria, Bavaria, southern Germany, really cool. Um, Ireland, Ireland's awesome. I want to go back and road trip in Ireland. I don't know why Ireland doesn't get more love. Green and beautiful. People are super duper cool and friendly. Um, I think because their city, if you fly into Dublin, it's been known to um, what is that called? Uh, oh, rape tourists! <laughs> they change the prices. What's that called when you? Um, oh well, they they raise they raise, gouge the they, tourists. They price gouged for when we went to this um, college football game, in and it's Dublin. been said to do it for other things too. But whatever, the, the, Ireland's great. The it Irish is cool. uh, Spain, southern Spain, ooh, Barcelona. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Highly recommended anywhere in Spain. <sighs> but I gotta go back to Ireland and Scotland and Scotland too for a second. I'd like to get up there a bit more. I am a sweater weather Seattle girl, and I think I could really get into that the wetland like the wet weather and the stone and when we travel mm. that's the not like when we we travel in the winter basically and it's not a place i want to ever think about going in the winter i think it'd be awesome in when it's hot here like if you went to ireland in august that would be fun but we can't (laughs) not while we're running the i want to go see the northern lights but that's going to be freaking freezing yes very cold very cold norway or uh, scandinavia anywhere in scandinavia i'm going to france next week so i'm excited Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we so- like to get in the car and drive part of it too i mean you there's this beauty of finding a five-year-old plane ticket which blows your freaking mind because you just think how do they make any money <laughs> who's paying for this flight but i also love getting in the car and just knowing Man, you could just hit the road and you just keep driving and you could be in the Czech Republic or I don't know. It's just, it's totally wild to me. It's a drive. I know, but. Um, what's, what else? Oh, Sicily. If you speak Italian. Mm. Sicily, you should speak a little. In Southern Italy, it's probably better to, I would think, to speak a little well, Italian. You can have a def- different experience for sure. Um, but th- that's really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, any, I like the, the um, Southern European countries so spain 
Greece, Italy, mm-hmm. where everyone's real laid back. And I mean, um, Northern Europe's cool too. We have a lot of friends and our good friends here are Dutch and from from up there. And we just went to Bruges. We did go to Bruges. Bruges is good stop. Yeah, good food, French, uh, French inspiration. Next time we go to Bruges, we're going to a place where you get to pick where your um, French fries are fried in. What type of oil? What type of fat? Fat. Oil. Sorry. Oh, I can't wait for that. I've been thinking about it. So there months. you go. Check out. Basically, there's a ton of great places all over Europe. But those are some of our favorites. Um, Jen wants to know the best and worst about living in Italy. The best and worst about living in Italy. Hmm. Should we start off with the worst? Yeah. Freaking Italian state. The government sucks. Yeah, it is. It's just, just it's a bummer. Bullshit. It's a it's, bummer. It is a bummer. <laughs> it's just the bullshit that you have to deal with. And it's a bummer because it's just, it goes so deep that... And so sad how you see Italy changing because of it and people leaving and younger generations moving to London or Australia to find work. And it's a drag. Best thing about living in Italy is... You live in Italy. You live in Italy. (laughs) It is so true. So the the bullshit about the bureaucracy definitely is outweighed by... The food and the culture and the people and the beauty and the everything. time, the time, the the, the the slowdown. I mean, it's Italy. We we're really blessed. We live we where people come dream about going on vacation. So it's true. Italy, Italy rocks. <sighs> I do. I love it. I do too. So that's, <laughs> so that's the best part. That's the best part. It's Italy. It is. All right. So should we wrap it up? Oh, no, I've got a couple shout-outs. Oh, my God. I almost did two weeks without shout-outs. I want to give a serious shout-out to Beth from Sarasota. Willie and Dungarvan, Waterford, Ireland. Right on. Oh, we were just mentioning Ireland. I know. Go to Ireland. Ireland's beautiful. Yes. Um, and we have Joanne at marketingdish.com. Uh, wanted to say a little shout-out to her as well. Thank you guys for listening and um, – sending us your questions and shout outs i love it that's my favorite part to get the emails from you guys and to hear your stories and how you found us or i don't know it just cracks me up because we're way out here in the middle of nowhere and to think there's actually ears on the other end of these uh mics in our quiet little kitchen is wild we want to thank you so much for listening and you guys are super engaged our podcast listeners so i can't believe it that that you guys are so uh um uh What's the word I'm looking Active, for? Active, awesome. Yeah, yeah, and all that. If you like what you hear, tell a friend, spread the love, let them know. If you have an Italian, a person who loves Italy in your life, uh, get them tuned in and turned on to the podcast. Or, or the online cooking classes. Or online cooking classes or anything that Ashley puts up on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Vimeo, Instagram. Um, YouTube. YouTube. Where, where can they find us and spell it for them? Bring all it right. Home. It's, well, we, I'll bring it home and then it's the song of the week. So bringing it home. We got... <laughs> La Tavola Marche, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. And that's latavolamarque.com, info at latavolamarque.com. Uh, you can find us at latavolamarque.blogspot.com, live from Italy online.tumblr. You can find us on Instagram now, at Ashley Bartner, A-S-H-L-E-Y-B-A-R-T-N-E-R. Um, mixing it up a little bit with some of those. The w- oh, yes, Jason. The song of the week. This was Jason's choice this week. So the song of the week is from Le Nozze di Figaro, The Marriage of Figaro. It is an opera. It's from the... Uh, is you it might Mozart? know it. I think it's oh, Mozart. Oh, man. Again. Again with the questions. <laughs> um, um, yeah, Mozart. The marriage... Of- yeah, it's Mozart. All I know is it's from... 
Um, <laughs> um, what's his name? The, the rabbit. <laughs> Bugs Bunny cartoon. Is it? <laughs> this is act one, scene two. This is where, um, this is where, uh, um, what's his name? The... Are you going to go ahead? <laughs> I don't remember what it is. Why don't you just name the song? The, the... Save Wobbara, Senor Contino. Oh! <laughs> we got Jason singing this one. It's uh, Cavatina. Cavatina. If, and he's, he's asking, if you want to dance, my little count, and he's, he's saying it figuratively. If you'd like to go, go around, I'll teach you the moves. Uh, I'll know how, but gently best to hide the secrets by disassembling. I can discover it all. The art of fencing. I think he's telling you, telling him, if you want to fence, I'll, I'll, I'll kick your ass. You want to dance? He'll disassemble you. I can discover it all. The art of fencing. The arts all adopts. Stinging here, joking there. Oh, damn. He's going to kill him. He says, bring it. He's saying bring it. He is saying bring it. This is some thug love um, in Notes de Figaro. Mozart time? (laughs) Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you so much. We'll turn these bad boys on next week. We we rambled a little bit this morning. How did we ramble while you just steamrolled through the podcast pushing us forward? Babe, we didn't. 56 minutes oh, and 44 seconds. I could have kept going. I know. You, you have <laughs> diarrhea of the mouth. I feel chatty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time. Sonero, sí, 
Sentire Media Hey podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.